regardless of what camp theologically you are in, it is getting harder and harder and more difficult to not believe that America could potentially be the mystery Babylon that is destroyed in one hour's time mentioned by John the Revelator in the book of Revelation. Let's talk about it today. The following program is brought to you by friends and partners of End Time Headlines. All right, what's up, guys? It's Monday, uh, February the 19th. I hope everybody had a great weekend. Um, <clears throat> this is End Time Headlines. I'm your host, Ricky Sprell, the founder and the voice of End Time Headlines. And welcome back. Welcome back to a full week of podcasting. We had an interesting weekend. Uh, I don't know how your weekend went, but we woke up Saturday morning. I was informed uh, by, let me just say this. I had no clue. I had no clue how large our audience was on Spotify until this past weekend. I woke up Saturday morning and I, I had multiple messages of people reaching out to us saying, hey, did you get taken off of Spotify? What happened? Where are you at? And I looked into it and sure enough, when I searched for our channel, our podcast channel, it was gone. So, of course, I reached out to them. You know, the honestly, guys, the first thing I thought of, well, we got taken down. They removed it. We, they shadow banned us. They censored us because that's what all these things, you know, these uh, platforms are doing. I mean, we're literally in the red right now with Facebook because of this stuff. So that's what I assumed. But I, you know, I reached out to the technical support and found out that it was an RSS feed uh, issue, apparently some coding issue. Uh, and praise God, as of right now, we are back up on Spotify. So if you're listening, we love you guys on Spotify and Apple. We're not going to leave you guys out on Apple Podcasts either. I know we have an audience on Apple and Spotify. But let everybody know that, uh, especially our truckers and you guys that are driving a lot, and you, uh, I, I get all these emails from you guys. Um, we're so thankful that we're back on, and we thank you for your support. And we thank you that you guys are listening. So having said that, we want to welcome everybody to the broadcast today. Oh boy, do we have an interesting topic to get after today. Before we get started, again, don't forget to hit the like button, hit that bell notification. Uh, that way you can keep up with our podcast and everything that we're doing. For you guys that are watching, watching and listening, if you're new, in the comments section, if there is one where you are watching or listening, let us know that you're new and where you guys are joining us from, because we always love to hear from you. Uh, and and this is how you become family, you become uh, a regular viewer as we get to know you and we see you here regularly, especially here on YouTube. You guys on YouTube chat, you guys are, are literally our family, our ecclesia, our gathering of, of, of the saints here uh, week after week after week. And uh, so for some of you, this is your home church. Uh, and I'm very honored for that. I don't take that lightly, guys. Um, so we're very blessed by that. And of course, if you've not downloaded our free app, all of you guys, Apple, Spotify, all across Facebook, uh, well, you won't be listening from Facebook, but you guys on YouTube and Rumble, if you've not downloaded our free app, please do so today. This is how you're going to keep up with our ministry. And in the description of this video, there's a link that's there 
under where it says download our free app. Just click on the link and you're going to be good to go. You guys are listening by Apple or Spotify. Just go to your Play Store, whatever that looks like for you. Look for our official ETH trademark logo. It's going to be the acronym ETH. You'll see end time headlines. You'll see the four blood moons and the solar eclipse in the middle. Download it. Again, hit yes to push notifications. And everything's going to be your fingertips and squared away. You're going to be good to go. All right. So we've got these announcements out of the way. So today, what are we going to be talking about today? Well, I believe, listen, uh, oh boy, how do I even, how do I break the ice on this? For years now in theological circles, again, it, it, it don't matter whether you're pre-millennial, post, pre-millennial, post-millennial, a-millennial, you, there's all these views, but there's always been this enigma that has centered around Revelation 18. I mean, these have been uh, talks that have been in theological circles for years, and that is on when John looked into the future. He saw a mystery, the Bible calls it uh, this mystery Babylon. He identifies this um, as a, a city or a nation or a kingdom that will be destroyed in one hour's time. Uh, the Bible calls it the, calls it mystery Babylon, the great the mother of harlots and the abominations of the earth, Revelation 17, verse 5. So again, there's been a lot of speculation. Is this Rome? Is this America? Again, I want to, let me pull this scripture up. Again, if you're listening by Apple or by Spotify, we're in Revelation 18, if you want to follow along with this. John sees a, again, he sees this city, this nation, this kingdom, whatever this Babylon the great is, this mystery Babylon. And he says, he, uh, there's a cry that is heard that the Babylon, the great is fallen, is fallen and has become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. Notice the description that is given of this mystery Babylon. Again, I want to say that again. John said it's become a dwelling place of demons, a prison for every foul spirit, and a cage for every unclean and hated bird. Verse 3 of Revelation 18, he says, All the nations of the world have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. Who is her? This Babylon, the great this mystery Babylon and the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. Again, I know my theological views are a lot different than the cookie cutter, you know, camps out there. Cause you got the pre millennial camp, the post millennial camp, the a millennial camp, the, the no rapture, the, the pre uh, pre rapture, mid rapture, post rapture, I I like to be the the wild individual who actually I read the Bible for myself instead of being persuaded by people behind pulpits or uh, ministers who have all these you know degrees of theology. Listen, I'm not against 
education. I'm not against theologians. I'm not against, um, I'm not against professors. I'm not against uh, any of that. But I'm, I'm of, the, of the camp of we should all be Bereans. By the way, that's in the book of Acts. These were a group of individuals who, when they heard the word preached, they didn't just take it for face value. They went and studied these things out. Now, we know that John in 95 AD is when he saw this vision. He looked way out into the future and he saw this great city. He calls it the great city of Babylon. Now, again, we could, you know, what they called a city then. And remember, all of the prophecy was centered around the the uh, Mediterranean Sea Basin area, that whole area right there. But you know, America wasn't even didn't even exist in in John's day. So again, whoever this is that John saw is so wicked. This city, this nation, this kingdom, whatever, is so wicked, so vile, so evil. That John is saying to us in Revelation 18 that the nations of the world are drunk from the wine of the wrath of her fornication. They have committed fornication with her. The merchants have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. Who? Now, again, there's going to be two camps to this. Either people are going to say, well, this is Rome. Because that's what I've heard. It's Vatican, it's Rome, it's, it's the Vatican in Rome, or it's America. That's literally the only two uh, answers that, that, that this could be. It's the only two hypotheses that this, uh, that this could be. It, it's not going to be something outside of that. Rome existed in John's day, so that gives credence to that. They were very wealthy. They did commit all these acts of fornication. They were a cage of every unclean bird. But then again, here comes, you know, Rome. You don't hear the influence of Rome like you did in that day anymore. But who who do you hear today in 2024? Who do you hear has so much influence? Who is the nation that is influencing the nations of the world, that is committing these vile acts, that is propagating, spreading, and creating wicked, evil, abominable things in the earth. Uh, again, uh, if, you, if, we, if, if we say America can't fit this, then again, I believe we're being naive. And we're being just... Uh, we're choosing to be blind about this. John said, I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins and lest you receive of her plagues. For her sins have reached to heaven and God has remembered her iniquities. Render to her just as she rendered to you. Let me, I'll pull this back up so you can follow along with me. Again, I'm in Revelation 18 verse uh, five for you guys that are listening. Now we're in verse six, render to her just as she rendered to you and repay her double according to her works and the cup, which she has mixed mixed double for her. Now he's talking about the cup of the wine press of the wrath of God. Judgment 
is about to come to this mystery Babylon. That's, I'm going to show you this. In the measure that she glorified herself and lived luxuriously. Think about it, guys. This cannot allude to third world countries. They're not living in luxury like America is. They don't have the freedoms like America does. We have award ceremonies that people sit around and watch on television where people are getting these awards um, in regards to uh, being in film industry, in the music industry, and many of these in the film industry and the music industry are promoting and propagating things that are full of adultery, wickedness, evil, everything under the sun. In the measure that she glorified herself and lived luxuriously, in the same measure, give her torment and sorrow. For she says in her heart, I sit as queen and am now widow and will not see sorrow. Therefore, her plagues will come in one day. In other words, whoever this mystery Babylon is going to be haughty and prideful and arrogant and think that they're untouchable. Come on. Are you listening to me today? And because of this, John hears the word of the Lord say that her plagues will come in one day, death, mourning, and famine, and will she will be utterly burned with fire. Make sure you remember this. For strong is the Lord God who judges her. All right, now I'm going to stop right here. We're going to put a stake up here. I'm going to come back. I'm going to show you some stuff today, just over the past weekend, that really kind of triggered my thought process on this. Let me know what you think about this in the comment section below. You guys in the YouTube chat, you guys on Rumble, you guys on Spotify and Apple, if you can, reach out to us, endtimeheadlines at yahoo.com. Go to our website or whatever, contact us. Let me know your thoughts on this. Here's an article I thought was all this uh, really kind of sparked my interest in this. This was written by Michael Snyder. We share a lot of his uh, pieces here. Three existential threats that we are facing right now, which could potentially result in the death of millions of Americans. Let's see what this is about. Michael Snyder says that there are several existential threats that we are facing right now, which could potentially result in millions of dead Americans. I wish this was an exaggeration, but it's not. Throughout human history, great pestilences have killed millions of people many times. Today, our scientists are taking some of the most deadliest diseases ever known to humanity and are purposely trying to create them to be more infectious. Think about that. Here is one example. He gives us a clue. He gives us an example here. Quote, the U.S. government is spending $1 million of American taxpayer money to fund experiments on dangerous bird flu viruses in collaboration with Chinese scientists. Hmm. The research involves injecting, or excuse me, infecting ducks and geese with different strains of viruses to make them more infectious and study the virus's potential to jump into mammalian host, according to research documents. Quote, it is being funded through U.S. Department of Agriculture and collaborating studies will take place at sites in Georgia, Beijing, and Edinburgh and Scotland. No, say it ain't so, not in Georgia, not in my state. I understand the CDC is here, but this is alarming for me. You know why this is also alarming? 
is because what have they been touting about? They keep warning over. I'm telling you, every week, every single week, guys, I see yet another article, another research, another warning about disease X, and it's only a matter of when and not if. I'm talking, I'm talking about they got this thing on the record player, and they're repeating this thing over and over. They got this on rewind and play and rewind and play. They've got this thing on uh, on a reel. I mean, it is being it is being drilled into us to know that it is not a matter of if, but when. According to the CDC, bird flu has a dead a death rate of more than fifty percent in humans, and these are the researchers who are in the back door laboratory somewhere in the dark. When I say the dark, I'm talking about off. Uh, off the grid per se, as far as what we know, what we're being told. And they're doing this stuff and trying to make it more infectious to do studies on it. Listen to this quote, the world health organization made yet another warning of an impending disease X outbreak with director general Tedros Gabrasis. I have no clue how to pronounce his name. So we're just going to call him general Tedros telling world leaders that it is a, quote, matter of when and not if. At the World Government Summit held in Dubai, this was between February the 12th and 14th, so this was recent, uh, this general told attendees his previous predictions came to fruition in the form of the 2020 want-want pandemic. Now, the WHO director believes a new pandemic. Oh, you Let me... Let me highlight that for you. Let me say that again. Now the WHO director believes a new pandemic for which the international community is ill-prepared is on the horizon. Renewing urgent calls for a global pandemic treaty. I said a global pandemic treaty to be agreed upon by this coming May. The World Health Organization is warning of future global pandemics and its pressing member nations, including the U.S., to sign on to a treaty giving the organization broader authority. But as Lori Johnson reports, the WHO's questionable decision-making during COVID is raising some red flags. WHO Director General Tedros Ghebreyesus suggests the next pandemic could be possibly more deadly than COVID-19. And anything happening is a matter of when, not if. So we need to have a placeholder for that, for the disease we don't know. That may come. And that was when we gave the name Disease X. Given his concern, Tedros wants countries worldwide to sign a legally binding agreement full of rules and regulations giving the WHO expanded authority. This 32-page document is the most recent draft of the so-called pandemic treaty that the World Health Organization promotes as a way for poorer countries to receive the same level of health care as wealthier ones. Some Capitol Hill lawmakers have major concerns about this push, including the WHO's handling of China's role at the beginning of the coronavirus pandemic. The WHO denied that COVID-19 was spread via human-to-human transmission, based entirely upon the word of the Chinese government, the CCP. And I think maybe most appalling 
is the WHO even delayed naming the pandemic a public health emergency of international concern because the CCP confirmed that the spread of the virus was, quote, under control. Others charge it would use U.S. tax dollars to fund certain health policies worldwide. You know, WHO has lost its way. I used to ask them, I've been here 44 years, year in and year out, where do you stand on abortion? They'd say, agnostic, we don't do anything on it. And now they have become the most aggressive promoters of abortion in the world. They have a, and, and, and it's embedded in this treaty. The Family Research Council's Tony Perkins calls the treaty a progressive power grab. The draft agreement is first and foremost a global, political, economic, and social manifesto. That threatens U.S. sovereignty. Few Americans, save those who desire to exercise control over the lives of others, would want to see another pandemic like COVID-19 and the government response that followed that pandemic. Given the scope, critics say this amounts to a treaty and should be put to a vote in the U.S. Senate. The WHO refuses to call the pandemic treaty a treaty. It calls it an agreement, an accord, a framework, anything else, likely because it does not want it to be submitted to the treaty process in the United States and worldwide. Another major sticking point is that approval would allow vaccines, treatments, tests, and other information to be shared. The draft would require parties to support time-bound waivers to intellectual property and use WHO TRIPS provisions to override intellectual property rights, which will curtail future investment in health research, which is exactly the opposite you would want to respond effectively to a future pandemic. Experts say that information sharing could be a deal breaker for the U.S. and other nations. All of these elites are wanting to get this global pandemic treaty all put in place and agreed upon and mutual agreements by this May of this year. The general dismissed suspicions of the treaty being a, quote, World Health Organization power grab and called it, quote, mission critical for humanity. Now, as this is going on, we uh, last week we talked about how the U.S. witnessed the first ever death from what they're calling the Alaska pox. Again, never heard of this ever. And uh, but yet a man died from this. Again, this man uh, reportedly lived in the woods of the Kenai Peninsula. This is in Alaska. But he was the first one to ever die of this. Then you had the bubonic plague that was resurfaced in Oregon. And then how about this? Then you had this report uh, where the CDC is confirming a spread of a, quote, unknown outbreak on a cruise ship. What is this about? According to the report, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has confirmed the spread of an, quote, unknown outbreak on a cruise ship. Here we go again. The outbreak of the Queen Victoria cruise ship was first reported in early of February when 15 people suffered from an undiagnosed illness. Passengers on the ship suffered from symptoms such as vomiting and diarrhea. However, the, however, the mystery illness quickly spread throughout the cruise ship. Now the CDC is confirming that at least 154 people, as of this report, have been stricken with a sickness, 129 passengers with 25 crew members. There are 1,824 passengers and 967 crew members aboard this cruise ship. Despite investigating the illness, 
More than two weeks ago, the CDC said the cause of the outbreak is, quote, unknown. Passengers on board the Queen Victoria of Canard Cruise Lines are off on time. The next destination, Hawaii. The ship docked in San Francisco last night, part of the itinerary, all while an illness spread on board. We haven't been affected. They haven't told us too much about it, but we've found out from other sources there's been over 100 people affected. There are nearly 2,800 passengers and crew on the three-and-a-half-month excursion around the world. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, or CDC, is investigating 128 passengers and 25 crew members who reported being ill on the voyage. The symptoms included diarrhea and vomiting. The cruise line increased cleaning and disinfection and isolated sick passengers and crew. A Canard Cruise Line spokesperson said in an email they immediately activated their enhanced health and safety protocols and that measures have been effective. They introduced like COVID uh, safety rules. Yeah, sanitization. Uh, and things like that. They uh, elevate the level and they don't let people in the the bistro handle anything themselves. It's all served. People were recovering within a couple of days from the symptoms. Passengers we spoke with say they're staying on. No, no. <laughs> no, no problem. For the rest of their voyage. The outbreak is being monitored by the CDC's Vessel Sanitation Program, which helps the cruise ship industry prevent and control the introduction, transmission, and spread of gastrointestinal illnesses on cruise ships. Now, they assume that this is what's called a norovirus. And that's a GI bug that is very typical um, to... They're very prominent to break out on these cruise ships. You see this a lot. But why it's interesting to me that they keep saying this is a mystery illness. The source of it is unknown. I don't know about you, but it makes me a little uneasy in light of everything that we're being warned about and being told about and to be prepared for that you that we're getting these reports of these mystery illnesses and viruses that are popping up all over the place like popcorn that nobody's ever seen it's been it's never seen before in history it's unknown it's the first case in 200 years i mean i don't know about you but it makes me a little a little on edge now let's talk more let's talk more existential threats according to 60 minutes the number of migrants from china that are crossing our southern border has now gotten 50 times higher over the past couple of years, and a very large proportion, excuse me, proportion of them are Chinese males of military age. We're looking live at the Fox News flight team over Chinese migrants trying to cross the southern border illegally. I'm seeing a lot of migrants, Jason, and let me tell you, to put into perspective just how many Chinese are coming across the border, particularly in the San Diego area, in all of 2021, 450 total Chinese migrants crossed the entire border. Order. This year, more than 20,000 in the last four months since the fiscal year began. Let me show you, though, they're not just from China. They're also from other countries like Colombia, Ecuador, Peru, Brazil. But there are an influx of Chinese migrants. In fact, I mentioned that 450 number in the past three days. We've eclipsed that number of migrants. So these migrants here in Hakumba, 60 miles east of San Diego, are waiting to be processed. Many of them will be released. But it's the national security aspect, particularly of the Chinese migrants, 
migrants that concerns the officials because of the vetting process and knowing who they are and the fact that we have so many that are single adult males. Now, if I just spin you around here one second this way, uh, Thomas, you can see they're lining up the families and the women and children that'll go first when the vans come. But the vans are overloaded because so many migrants are coming, so they have to wait hours. And in fact, some of these migrants might even have to spend the night, depending on how many vans they have. We spoke to one Chinese migrant man, though, Jason, and I asked him why exactly it is that he's come to the U.S. The answer may shock you. Listen here. Why did you come? Um, take money. Money? Yes. For job? Yes. There's no job in China? Um, maybe, I don't know. And what's so fascinating, because we've been covering this for more than two years, it was a heavy surge in Texas, but it's now come out west, Arizona, and here in the San Diego sector, particularly of the 20,000 I mentioned that came here, they have had more than 90% of Chinese migrants coming to this area, particularly in Hakumba. And that is a situation they're having to deal with. Along with last week, they had more than 73 different countries. I don't know what we've got this week, but it's definitely uh, off the charts. Jason. Quote. War correspondent Michael Yan and the Rubin brothers of muckraker.com have documented the presence of dangerous-looking elements from China, Iran, Syria, and Venezuela among the hordes of migrants traveling up from Central America. Yan and the Rubens have noticed, among other things, that Chinese males of military age are traveling in packs of 5 to 15, are accompanied by family members, and are pretending not to speak English. Some of them on their way to America have performed Chinese military rituals. Now, I want to read this from Michael Snyder. Quote, the Chinese know that once they invade Taiwan, there will be war with the U.S. Have they been preparing for such a conflict in advance? That's a question he's proposing today. Retired Air Force General Blaine Holt believes this is, quote, precisely what is taking place. I'm going to read this quote from him. Tens of thousands of military age men have come across our border and are now here in America, organized by group and nationality. Holt told Gatestone this month, among them are terrorists and state actors, in particular members of the People's Liberation Army of China. Well, isn't that nice? As we speak, these actors are training, making plans and obtaining weapons, watching our patterns hello, and learning our vulnerabilities. And you know what else they're doing? They're buying up large amounts of farmland. We, quote, are vulnerable to attack. This is what, again, this is coming from a retired Air Force general. China's president has ordered his military to be ready to invade by 2027. And President Biden has vowed to send U.S. military forces to help the island defend itself. Last August, the Chinese military sent a loud wake-up call to the United States and allies in the region. With this massive, unprecedented drill simulating a blockade of Taiwan. It crossed a multi-threshold that did not happen for decades. 176 warplanes, 41 Navy ships, and dozens of attack and reconnaissance drones choked off Taiwan's waters and airspace for 72 hours. 11 ballistic missiles also landed in the waters around the island. 
Dr. Alexander Huang is a leading Taiwan-China military specialist. China give, you know, one spoon of different dishes to Taiwan. And we got the taste already. If they put out the full plate, the whole table, we probably will have a big problem. And military activities near the island haven't stopped. A record 1,727 Chinese fighter planes crossed into Taiwan's air defense zone in 2022, compared to 960 incursions in 2021 and 380 in 2020. 2023 has been no different. The Chinese outward expansionism of influence and presence is scaring and destabilizing an entire you know, region. Experts say while Taiwan has a well-equipped military with modern weapon systems, including fighter jets, tanks, and surface-to-air missiles, it lacks the range of capabilities to defend itself against China. Yes, there's 110 miles of water between China and the main island of Taiwan. And yes, Taiwan is mountainous and is a perfect place for defenders. But Taiwan has not invested in its defense. And part of that is because Taiwan's generals and admirals have bought the wrong equipment over the course of decades. In January, a Washington-based think tank simulated a war game of China invading Taiwan in 2026. In 24 different scenarios, the Center for Strategic and International Studies said Taiwan could likely fend off a Chinese invasion only if the United States came to the island's defense. If not, Taiwan would fall in three months. President Biden has repeatedly vowed to defend Taiwan in case it's attacked. To be clear, sir, U.S. forces, U.S. men and women would defend Taiwan in the event of a Chinese invasion. Yes. U.S.-Taiwan relations have really come out of the shadows in a lot of ways. I think European countries, Japan and others, are going to be focused on this and supportive of Taiwan's right to defend itself. War games show, however, any victory over the Chinese would come at a great cost. In four weeks of fighting, the United States typically lost hundreds of aircraft, two aircraft carriers, and up to two dozen other ships. More than 3,000 American soldiers would lose their lives in the simulation. And China would also suffer significant losses. CSIS says the simulation shows 90% of China's amphibious fleet decimated, more than 100 warships destroyed, and tens of thousands of its soldiers killed, wounded, or captured. Still, from Washington to London to here in Taiwan's capital, Taipei, one thing is clear. It's not a matter of the uh, if they were invade, it's when. It's made of the when they were invent. Admiral Li Si Ming, former head of Taiwan's armed forces, tells CBN News why China's president is so determined to take Taiwan. FBI director says China's cyber attacks on U.S. infrastructure are now at an unprecedented scale. This report indicates that as intelligence chiefs and policymakers gather for the city's annual security conference focused on the wars in Ukraine and the Middle East, the director of the FBI urged him not to lose sight of another threat, which is China. 
Happening today, a hearing among top officials to discuss the threat of Chinese cyber attacks. The intelligence community calling attention to one Chinese hacking operation that is targeting critical infrastructure right here in the United States, including water treatment plants, electrical grids. FBI Director Christopher Wray set to testify before the House Committee on the Chinese Communist Party in just a few hours from now. So for more on this, let's bring in Massachusetts Congressman Seth Moulton, a member of that committee. Committee. Uh, Congressman, thanks for joining us here. What, what pressing issues do you want Americans, including your own constituents, uh, to take away from this hearing today? Well, what I want Americans to understand is that although we're not necessarily experiencing the effects of Chinese cyber attacks every single day, and so therefore we don't really think about this as an everyday threat, it could very quickly become a real threat in our lives. China is working to infiltrate our basic infrastructure, like just how you get your water when you turn on the faucet, and they could shut those systems down if we don't put the correct protections in place. Yeah, and I know that, you know, here in, in recent months, uh, you know, the government has launched this operation to fight this, ha this hacking uh, attack that compromised thousands of Internet-connected devices. I mean, what's your biggest fear here? What's the biggest threat that, that we face out of this? Is it election in integrity? Is it data leaks, private data? What's at stake here in your eyes? I mean, honestly, all of those things are at stake. In some ways, the biggest threat to our democracy might be election integrity. We know uh, that China and Russia and other cyber actors are interested in undermining our election, making sure that their candidate is, erect, uh, is elected. I mean, that's, that's a huge threat just to the basic tenets of how our democracy works. You should know that your vote counts and that what the Chinese government wants doesn't matter when you go into the voting booth in November. But there are a lot of other threats that we have to deal with, too. And one of the challenges that we have is while our military, while the NSA, while the agencies of the federal government are doing what they can to meet the threat from China in cyberspace, a lot of this, a lot of their attacks are aimed at local infrastructure, state infrastructure, or private companies. And there's a big debate here in Washington about how much we can require state and local governments and private companies to do for protection. So the point being here, guys, is if in the event that China eventually decides that they're going to fully invade Taiwan and we respond accordingly, how many of these Chinese migrants of military age that are fully trained, fully equipped, and are fully ready to engage in warfare within the states, within America, if this was to happen, along with, let me remind you, Iran has warned us that there are sleeper cells waiting to be activated. Now, they never have been, but don't let your guard down for a moment. Don't think for a second, well, if they, if they were here, they would have done it. I'm telling you, these people are patient. Look, at, look how long they planned 9-11. They wait patiently and they strike at the most opportune times. And look, China and China is not the only threat, obviously. Russia is breathing down our neck yet again. There has been fresh threats that has come now. For example... Look at this headline from the Daily Mail. This was yesterday. We, we reported this on our main website. The Kremlin has threatened to unleash Armageddon on the West if it loses in Ukraine. 
Moscow warns it will fire nuclear missiles on London, Washington, Berlin, and, and Kiev if Russia is forced to give up territory. According to the report, the Kremlin threatened to fire nuclear missiles again upon London, Washington, Berlin, and Kiev if Russia is forced to give up Ukrainian territory if invaded. Uh, Dmitry Medved, a close P- Putin ally who has served as president from 2008 to 2003. I mean, this guy is always breathing out rhetoric and threats. He's, he's like the Kim Jong-un of Russia. He, he keeps he uh, keeps breathing out these threats. And the, la- the, the latest one, he warned that Moscow would, uh, if it was to collapse, they would unleash Armageddon upon these locations. Quote, attempts to return Russia to the borders of 1991 will lead to only one thing towards a global war with Western countries using the entire strategic arsenal of our state in Kiev, Berlin, London, and Washington. I want to read on here, quote, hypersonic nuclear missiles would also strike all other beautiful historical places that have long been included in the flight targets uh, of our nuclear triad. Wow. What, did anybody just hear that? This man said, quote, hypersonic nuclear missiles would also strike all other beautiful historical places that have long been included in the flight targets of our nuclear triad. Well, sleep well with that information tonight, my friends. He went on to add that, quote, we will have the courage to do this if the disappearance of a thousand year old country, our great motherland, is at stake. And the sacrifices made by the people of Russia over the centuries will be in vain. Well, folks, that is disturbing. They're literally telling us in advance. They're, they're literally letting us know what their plan is. We are going to win or everybody else loses. You back us in a corner and we get to the no option game. We're going to push the button and it's going to be World War Three. Now, why is all this important today? Why did I even bring this up? How is this relevant to this? Here's why. Because when you again, you go to Revelation 18. I want to read this to you. When we talk about this mystery Babylon, which we have many on many segments in the past. I want to show you what this says. The kings of the earth who committed fornication and lived luxuriously with her will weep and lament for her when they see the smoke of her burning standing at a distance for fear of her torment, saying, Allah, Allah, the great city, Babylon, that that mighty city, for in one hour your judgment has come. So again, Whoever this mystery Babylon is. Now, somebody said, well, he said a city. But again, you got to remember their vernacular back then, what they what they considered a city, what, you know, versus today and what a nation is and what a kingdom is. Again, I don't we could go back and forth on this. Whoever and I'm going to just say it like this to make this safe to say this. Whoever this mystery Babylon is, I've never heard of one city anywhere, whether it's New York City, whether it's Los Angeles, that's been so influential 
that the entire world, the entire nations of the world are drunk from her fornication. Now, a nation, that makes sense, but a city, really? It just doesn't fit that, guys. For me, it just doesn't fit here. But watch this. Whoever this mystery Babylon is, because of her sins and because of the spreading of her sins that is infecting other nations of the world, causing them to fornicate, causing them to commit adultery, causing them to stray from the Lord, causing them to commit abominable acts that saw Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities of the plain destroyed. And by the way, that was in one hour's time as well. Whoever this mystery of Babylon is, judgment's coming in the future, and it will come in a form of a one-hour judgment. Whatever this judgment is, is it a, is it a nuclear weapon? I'm just throwing this out there. A nuclear weapon could strike whoever this mystery Babylon is and it can produce a smoke, a burning smoke, wherein which the nations of the world, the people of the nations of the world have to stand afar because of the, the burning of the smoke, because of the fear of the torment. They're not able to get up close. They're standing afar off. Now, again, I know we as Americans... You in the West, I'm talking about all of our folks in the United Kingdom, in Britain. That's why I said the West. We don't, we don't like to talk about that. But again, John says the merchants of the earth will weep and they'll mourn over her for no one buys their merchandise anymore. So the trade is cut off. The access is cut off. You, you want to talk about a, uh, you want to talk about trade um, lockups and port trading difficulties and shipment trading difficulties and delays. Come on. When this takes place, it is all cut off, done. The merchandise of gold and silver and precious stones and pearls and fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet, every kind of citron wood, every kind of object of ivory, every kind of object of most precious wood, bronze, iron and marble and cinnamon and incense and fragrance, fragrant oil and frankincense and wine and oil and and fine flour and wheat, cattle, sheep, horses and chariots and bodies and souls of men. The fruit that you're so long for has gone from you and all things which are rich and splendid have gone from you and you shall find them no more at all. The merchants of these things who became rich by her will stand at a distance for fear of her torment, weeping and wailing for they will save that great city that was clothed in fine linen and purple. Now this is why some people allude and say this is Rome. That's why they'll say this is Rome and scarlet, and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls. For in one hour, such great riches came to nothing. Every shipmaster, all who travel by ships, sailors, and as many as trade on the sea, stood at a distance and cried out when they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, what is like this great city? Wow. In one hour's time, Mystery Babylon is completely annihilated and destroyed. Now, guys, you've heard me talk about this before, but I'm going to show you a new angle to this. Could this have a connection to what James saw? In the book of James, chapter 5, 
He says, come now, you rich, weep and howl. Isn't that not what they're doing over there in the book of Revelation? They're weeping and howling. Look at what he says. For your miseries that are coming upon you. Again, this is a future event. Your riches are corrupted. Your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver are corroded. And their corrosion will be a witness against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have heaped up treasures in the last days. Indeed, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields which you kept back by fraud, cry out, and the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of Saboth. You have lived on earth in pleasure and luxury. You have fattened your hearts as in the day of slaughter. You have condemned, you have murdered the just, and he does not resist you. Now you go back to Revelation chapter 18 and read what I just read to you and tell me that does not sound like it parallels with that. It's almost like James saw exactly what John the Revelator saw and John the Revelator saw what James saw and they both saw the same event unfolding in the last days. Now look, we could sit here on this program and we could go back and forth and debate who is Mystery Babylon. But I'm going to tell you, friends, and I'm going to say it like I've said it before, that when I read this Bible and I read portions of Scripture like Deuteronomy 28 and Leviticus 26, and God warns the nations of the earth, howbeit Israel as well. But he says all the nations, any nation that turns from him, turns to idolatry, turns to false gods, turns to abominations, they reject God, reject his statutes, reject his commandments, reject his will, reject his word. It doesn't end well for them. Jeremiah and Jeremiah's day, it didn't end well. And Isaiah's day, it didn't end well. And Haggai's and Hosea and Amos, these prophets warned these nations that calamities and judgments would come from the Lord when they turned from God. So again, I don't believe America is exempt from this. I don't, again, I do not believe America is exempt from this. Remember, one of the things that John describes this mystery Babylon is is I'm going to read this again this is in Revelation 18 7 in the measure that she glorified herself and lived luxuriously in the same measure give her torment and sorrow for she says in her heart I sit as queen and am no widow and will not see sorrow so this it's it whoever this mystery Babylon is so full of arrogance and pride that they, they actually believe that they are exempt from the judgment of God. That God has turned his eye, turned his head. He, has, he, he is just turning a blind eye from the sins of the nation. Now, guys, this is coming. Look, I live here in America. You think I want calamity and destruction and judgment? Of course I don't. But listen, Jeremiah, he dwelled, he lived in Israel during the time of the judgments. Isaiah was there. These were prophets in their own cities. And they wept and they mourned and they wailed and they warned about these things coming. And it was up to the people on how to respond to these things. So listen, now let me end with this. Do I believe, now there was a time when I did not believe this. But now I see it in Scripture. I didn't fully see it in Scripture, but now I see it. When I read Joel chapter 2, I read Acts chapter 2. Then I read in Haggai. 
I read in other verses and passages of Scripture where it appears in James chapter five. That's another one. Where there is coming this latter day outpouring. This latter day move of God. Now, I do not believe that it's going to be this this, you know, this outpouring that's going to sweep the globe as the waters cover the sea. I don't see that. But it's going to be these pockets of moves of God where revivals will take place. Now, again, you've got two, there's two kind of, typically there's two camps to this. You've got one camp that believes there'll be no moves of God, no revivals, no awakenings. And then this other camp that says there's, there's going to be massive revival. There's going to be, um, there's going to be such a great awakening. There's going to be like uns- anything that we've ever seen in humanity. I listen, where do I stand? I kind of stand in the middle. I don't believe that God is done pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. I don't believe that God's done moving in revivals and awakenings. And he's still pouring out his spirit. I don't believe that. But I also don't believe that there's coming this massive sweeping revival that's going to cover the entire globe. I, I just I can't find that. So I'm kind of in the middle. I'm in the middle and the way I see it is God still responds today as he's always responded because he's the Lord God who changes not. He said, I am the same yesterday, today and forever. And and the Bible says that he is a, uh, he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He says, those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, they shall be filled. He says, seek me and search for me and and I shall be found by you when you seek and search for me with all of your heart. Draw near unto me and I will draw near unto you. The point I'm making is, guys, stop waiting on the next third great awakening. I'm so tired of hearing that. Oh, this is the third, you know, the third great awakening's coming, it's coming. Stop seeking after an awakening that could come and start pursuing a revival in your own family, your own home, in your own life, and your own children's lives. Because the God, come on, we're not seeking the revival of God, we're seeking the God of revival. Come on, somebody. So I can experience revival right here, right now, right where I'm sitting, right where you're listening, in your vehicle, in your home, in your office, in your house, in your church, in your small group gathering, wherever there are two or more gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. Stop chasing. Come on. We used to preach all the time. Stop chasing signs, wonders, and miracles because signs, wonders, and miracles are supposed to follow the believer, not the believer follow the signs, wonders, and miracles. Well, we could say this about revival. Stop chasing revivals and start chasing the God of revival and revival will be a secondary consequence to your seeking. Come on and pursuing of the God of heaven. Come on. Can I get an amen, somebody? Does anybody see that still in Scripture? So here's what I'm trying to make here. I can't emphatically say here today that America has got great and prosperous days ahead. I can't see. I, I, I can't say that. Now, could there be a turnaround? Could there be a nationwide move of repentance? And we do see a third great awakening. Sure. In fact, I'll take it as far as to say, I pray and hope and, and, and believe that it could happen. And I pray that it would happen. 
But I can't put all my chips in the middle on that. I can't put everything in the middle hoping and waiting on something that could happen when I have in my possession the ability to pursue something that the Bible says, the word of God says, that God says is available for me today. And that is a move of God in my own personal life. So here's, here's the bottom line, guys, and I'm about to close this, prog- this, uh, this segment today. If you're waiting for this big utopia mo- mo- movement and moment to arise in America, I wouldn't hold my breath. Because if, if just hypothetically speaking, if America is truly mystery Babylon, then friends, this nation, this once great nation of America will fall and it could fall in one hour's time. Everything that we know, it, every, everything that we take advantage of, our luxuries, our comfort, our shelter, our prosperity, our blessings, it could all be taken in one hour's time. Russia could send a nuclear weapon and it's over. China could send something and it's over. There could be a cyber attack on our infrastructure that could knock us back into the 1800s. And if that lasts over 72 hours, it's over. It can all change in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, boom. Everything we know is changed and radically transformed forever. So what is your faith in today, my friend? Is it in the American dream? Is it in the American government? Is it in an American military? Is it in our economics, the Wall Street, the trade, uh, the, the trading system, the stock market? Is it in your own power, your own strength, your own ability, your wisdom? What is what? What are you investing all your strength into for your security? That's the question today. If it's if you answered anything but the Lord Jesus Christ, then friends, it's time for all of us to repent and put our faith, our trust, our hope in the living God. Heaven and earth will pass away. But not one jot nor tittle of this word shall pass until all things be fulfilled. Listen, America, this is a real reality here. America, the West, is not our eternal home. We, the Bible says that we are sojourners, we are pilgrims, we are merely passing through. We are passing by. We are on a temporary stay. Our bags are packed, or they should be. Are your bags packed? Are you ready? Because this is not our permanent home. Things are going to change. There's coming a great renovation. Peter talked about this. Jesus is coming back. And when he comes back and he sets his foot on that Mount of Olives and he comes back as King of Kings and Lord of Lords, there's going to be a new sheriff in town, friend. He's not going to be voted in. He's not going to be elected in. He's not going to be, come on, he's not going to take your opinion. 
He's not going to take a poll whether he should be. Come on, the, the commander, the chief, the leader, the, the king. He's not going to do that. He's coming back as king of kings and lord of lords. And he's going to set up his kingdom for a thousand years. And I'm going to tell you, every organization that is going to come on, nag, uh, they're going to gnash their teeth. They're going to spit. They're going to snarl. They're going to swear. They're going to cuss. They're going to shake their fist at God in heaven and blaspheme the God of heaven. But it won't matter because he will set up his kingdom, whether they like it or not. So we got You got to ask yourself, what side of the fence are you on? Have you, you know, have you all is all of your faith put in these institutions that are temporal? And they're not going to be here. They're going to they're not going to last. They're not going to stand. They're going to fall. They're going to crumble. They're going to collapse. They're going to they're going to fall like a, 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 a house of cards. So listen. If that's you today, and you you recognize today, well, Brother Ricky, I have put my faith in things that I shouldn't put my faith in. I put my faith in my job. I put it in my career. I put it in my own wisdom, my own intellect, my own skills. I, I put it in my my spouse. I put in my I put my faith in my church, and a and a preacher, and a ministry. In the military, in the government, I've in the president, in a political party. I've put my faith and trust in everything else, but I've not fully surrendered and put everything in the hands of Jesus Christ. The Bible says, listen to this. The Bible says, come unto me, all who are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says, cast your cares upon me, for I'm able to sustain you come on intimeheadlines.org intimeheadlines.com that's going to be our main website that's going to be our main landing page listen if you're if you're here today and you recognize that you've not made that decision you're not fully surrendered we're going to pray for you in just a second before we do that again bookmark our site hit that like button hit that bell notification download our free app it's available again on apple and android hit yes to push notifications you're going to be good to go we want to encourage you today. If you listen, if you love our ministry, you're blessed by our ministry, you're encouraged, you're equipped, uh, all the above. We want to want you to pray about becoming a monthly partner. You can do that two different ways. You can give electronically through the app or through go through the main website and you can give there or you can give by check or by money order and you can make it out to End Time Headlines PO Box 1391. That's Monroe, Georgia 30655. So listen, if you're here today and you're guilty as charged, we want to pray for you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for all of our friends that are watching, that are listening today. Those that may be watching uh, video-wise, maybe listening by Apple, may by, by, be by Spotify. Maybe they're in their vehicle, they're driving right now. They're in their home, they're at their office, they're at their church, they're outside mowing the yard, they're doing lawn work, whatever the case may be. Right now, I pray that they would take a moment to pause and do a self-check in their hearts and really ask that question within themselves. Lord, am I really putting all my faith and trust in you? Or have I put all my trust and faith in the American dream in America? Because if America were to collapse, if America would be destroyed tomorrow, would it shake my faith knowing that I have put my faith and trust in you, Lord Jesus, Come on, a, uh, a, a foundation built upon the rock that when the winds and the storms and the rains pounded, 
Though the foundation was shaken and the building may fall, everything will remain upon the rock because we've set our faith and our trust upon the anchor that will hold Come on, and he is the rock of ages. Come on, we want to pray for you today. If that's you today, come on, just repent where you're at. Come on, repent and let go of things and put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. The Bible says, I will keep that man in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee. Come on, amen. Do you receive this today? Listen again, guys, we love you. We appreciate you. Uh, We're going to sign off for today. We'll be right back here tomorrow night. Tuesday, February 20th, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern, same time, same place, same channel. Uh, And we can't wait. We're excited to be back with you guys tomorrow night as well. So until then, may the Lord bless you, may keep you, and may his countenance shine upon you. We'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to the End Time Headlines podcast. We pray that you've been blessed and equipped by today's message. For more information about how you can help partner with our ministry, please visit endtimeheadlines.org.